he's trying to be inquisitive, if it actually moved the conversation on. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Hello, Asta. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for giving up time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. We finally got there eventually. <laughs> oh, I, know. I know it's always the way, isn't it? You try and organize one thing and then some other things come up. And But I'm really glad Great. we've like made the time. It'll be good, I'm sure. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. So the first question that I like to ask every single guest is, how do you refer to your disability? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've thought about uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I refer to my disability. Uh, well, well, when someone says to me, um, what, what's your condition? I just say I've got um, arthrogryposis. Mm-hmm. It limits me to an electric wheelchair. Um, yeah. I can't use my arms or legs. And um, But other than that, I'm, um, I'm super happy. And yeah. um, I try not to shy away from the fact too much that um, I have a disability because I do. So like, yeah. I, I like to embrace it. Yeah. And I think that resonates with me so much is that I've never seen the point of, of shying away from like a big fact and like a big part of my life because it's never going to change. Like I'm exactly. not going to magically grow a hand. Like that's never going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So you yeah, might as well like embrace it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is it, isn't it? This is all we've got. So I just... I, I see my life as a gift, so I don't. I, I, why turn a gift down? That's that's the way I see it. Yeah, oh, I love that. And obviously, completely assuming here because I know absolutely nothing about this. But is this you were born disabled? Uh, I can imagine. Yeah, I was born in uh, 1982 in Miami Children's Hospital, and I was born uh, unexpectedly disabled. Yeah, and they didn't. They had no idea, my parents or the doctors, and um, doctors were completely shocked um, yeah. when when I came out, um, as were my parents. Uh-huh. I went on to uh, ventilation because I was, I was finding it hard to breathe by myself, and yeah. the doctors gave me one week to live. And, um, yeah, 40 years on, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. And yeah hopefully fighting the good cause but yeah it was tricky you know I was born I was born into a situation where my mum and dad weren't prepared for or yeah even the even the medical staff weren't prepared for but you know I'm here by the grace of God yeah and it's so interesting I think particularly for people who are born disabled whose parents don't expect their child to be disabled like it's such an interesting dynamic because my parents didn't know that I was gonna only have one hand like they had not a notion until it was like here she is by the way her hand's missing like (laughs) woohoo yeah it's a total I, I guess for them you know it's a total game changer because they almost start living in a different almost a different universe like yeah a, a completely parallel universe to to what they were used to and it's and it's it's almost not by choice either it's like right here you go you're thrown in deal with it but yeah 
Luckily, my mum and dad dealt with it really well, so I'm, I'm lucky like that. Yeah, like yeah, completely. And also, I think to a certain extent, when it's unexpected, and I didn't really think about this until I was a lot older, is that actually there's like a there's like a grieving process as well for your parents for the child that they thought they were having. And it's not that you're like any less or you're inadequate or anything like that, but you like, you know, it's a shock as it would be for anyone. Like, I'm sure if that was to happen to either of us now, we would both still be like, oh my goodness, like life has completely changed. And it's, it's such an interesting dynamic to like talk about because I think a lot of people don't have a space to like necessarily talk about it or, or even say, you know, like it was unexpected and it was a shock and that's not a bad thing. It was just a shock. And it's like being disabled. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes it's a shock and that's okay. Absolutely. I think, you know, my mum tells me sometimes that um, there's not really a day goes by that she doesn't think, um, God, you know, how did this happen? But at at the same time, celebrating that happened. Yeah. So like you say, it's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of, it's two shifts of consciousness really that yeah you know the the human the human brain and the human heart is really incredibly powerful to 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 be able to deal with that and adapt to it um mm. as, as a family unit ourselves we've certainly my mom and dad have certainly helped me growing up be that be the person i am today and yeah i just don't i don't think i think it i think that's the main premise of it of how you were brought up with the disability and how you were perceived as a person with a disability. And certainly within my family, um, I was always celebrated and encouraged to be who I am. And, and that, that's, that's why I do what I do today and help, hopefully help other <laughs> people feel the confidence that they need to be able to live their lives happily. Yeah. So it was, it, it's interesting because I was going to like thank go on to talk to you about what was childhood like for you as a disabled child tricky I think that was the most probably the most trickiest part um yeah seeing other kids climb trees and play and um yeah it was hard I remember once when I because we lived in Miami for a while after I was born mm-hmm. and I'll always remember people say oh can you remember when you were young and, and I actually can I can actually remember lying in my bed one day in Miami and almost having a complete meltdown and thinking why me yeah Um, so that uh, yeah i think for certainly for a young person with a disability i think they're the tricky moments where you know you see everyone living like we said we talked about in this parallel universe but as the older i grow grew and um the 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 person i became you, you you really learn to and you love to embrace yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's a lot of that's a lot of problems that people have that they don't accept themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where it starts. Yeah, and I would completely agree with you on that. And I think it's interesting the path to acceptance with disability because media and society are not in your corner and they're not in your favor. So you're going against the grain all the time. Yeah. And that constant. takes a lot of like, that takes a lot of guts and courage and balls to do. And no wonder it's, it can be really difficult for some people. Yeah. It's a constant thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. we wake up every day and we go out and 
we're faced with something. Um, and and I, I just think to myself, sometimes when I come up against this buzzword that's going around at the moment, ableism, I, I, I think to myself, are you really a conscious person? Are you going to be an enlightened human being? Yeah. Or are you just going to be stuck in this dark consciousness cave yeah. all the time and not open your eyes? And I see that with a lot of people. They're like, they're stuck. Yeah. And you almost want to grab them and shake them and say, hey, I'm human and I can love and I feel the yeah. same as you. I just might look different, but that is it. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And for you, how has being a disabled person, how has that transpired into your career and what you do now and everything that you've done? Yeah, my my career is predominantly um, media based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got my uh, podcast, Astavision, like you've got your podcast. And um, I'm, I'm on Steph's Pack Lunch once a week. And it, to me, the, the only reason I do these things is two things to get myself out there yeah, and to, to try and I hate this word, but I'm, I'm going to use it, try and normalize the stigma around yeah. disability and also try and help other people because there are a lot of people with disabilities suffering out there. And I get emails every day from people and, we help people all over the world. And, but as soon as you send that conscious light to them and mm-hmm. say, hey, it's going to be fine, yeah, then we find that there's such a turnaround and it's incredible. But people just need to hear that. You know, We had a family approaches in America that had just been born with a baby with arthrogryposis and mm-hmm. they, were, they were scared because yeah. they had they hadn't come across this before and they were they were worried and we just said look it's gonna be okay yeah he's gonna be fine he's gonna grow up to be an incredibly happy person and that completely shifted the consciousness and 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 uh, mindset so as long as i can keep doing what i do through the media then but at the same time it's really frustrating because the media as we all know is not a level playing field, no. and uh, especially mainstream media. Um, when you switch on the television, it, you just don't see it. And um, it's things like bloody Love Island, and oh my god, it's like just so unconscious. And are you re- really, <laughs> really? Are I you, find are you- Love Island particularly difficult to tolerate, but that's because I just I don't find it that entertaining. Like. <laughs> Well, I just, I don't know what it is about ankles out or I just, I don't get it, but <laughs> at least it should be representing um, uh, or reflecting. Uh, uh, if they don't want to do all of society, a large part of society, because yeah. how do people, how do people, um, how do people relate to it? Otherwise, mm-hmm. you just, you know, and, and you start to, people start to think if, if we didn't have the confidence we did with the disability, people will start to think, am I supposed to look like that? Or am I doing something wrong? Or was I born this way wrong? And it's completely wrong. It should be the other way. You know, we should be 
you should be promoting people and celebrating people. And that's that's the incredible thing about America. I lived it. I lived there for years, and they mm-hmm. always celebrated you. You know, they always when you did something good, they always encouraged you, and it's just an incredible feeling. And I don't know where we've gone wrong on that level, but hey. I think there is a very, very big difference with how disability is viewed in the US to how it is in the UK. Like it is, it is noticeably different. And even if you spend any time in the US as a disabled person, there is a massive, massive difference. And I'm not really sure that you, like, you kind of have to experience it to be able to understand it, if that makes sense. Of course. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. You do. I, I certainly experienced it. And every time I go back there, I almost like have my batteries recharged because people are, are completely different towards me mm-hmm. as opposed to when I land, say, back in Heathrow, they're like, oh, my God, how do we lift him out of the sea? It's like, yeah. really? Back home again. <laughs> here, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for you, and like particularly in the media, how did you get started in that career? How did that all come about for you? I got an apprenticeship at ITV as a um, video editor. Yeah. And um, I always had itchy feet to get in front of the camera. Yeah. And um, I went on holiday with my parents one year and um, we got talking to a bar owner and I really wanted a sexual experience by this point. Mm-hmm. And he started telling us about this great club down the road that I could visit. And, oh, yeah, it'd be great. You can all go. It'd be fun. So we all went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost my virginity there. And um, it was a brothel. Uh, and that's where it all started, really. Um, I said to my mom and dad, we need to show the world this. So hopefully the taboo can be a little bit broken down towards yeah. love and disability and sex. So, yeah, I, that's where it started, really. The BBC documentary went out called For One Night Only. Yeah. And to cut a long story short, the um, movies were made, Hasta la Vista and Come As You Are, yeah. um, that, that tell the story of three guys with disabilities off to lose their virginity in a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> but I've kind of – it's kind of – spiraled from there really Uh and with those am i right in thinking you were director on them yeah uh, no i was executive producer um (laughs) on both of them uh Uh, but i had a heavy involvement as well we were we went out to set to for the belgian one and um yeah it was just special and the the feedback we've had has been mixed which is interesting and um yeah it was it's a lot of fun but hopefully it got a message out there hopefully helped at least one person yeah and and what was it like for you translating like your own experience into like a documentary film type like position what was that experience like strange and amazing yeah (laughs) i can imagine it maybe being like kind of cathartic yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is cathartic as well as a little bit odd because um, it was obviously part fictionalised. Yeah. Um, but saying that, they did really stick to the original documentary uh-huh. um, story. And it is cathartic. It was incredible, you know, and, and to see the end result of yeah. 
because I, I was sat there watching my latest movie one day and I thought, oh my God, like, this is just such an incredible achievement to be able to do this and tell, portray a message and hopefully help people on a vast scale. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not bothered about the rest of it. That's, that's all I'm bothered about. Yeah. And people think people are like, really? I'm like, yes, I love to help people. And I was born with, I think, um, a skill to help people be happy. Yeah. Oh, like it just, I always think mate, like I, one day, when someone they make a movie of my life as and when that happens i like to think about this you know maybe maybe someday they'll make a movie of my life how like yeah. how is that going to feel when you watch your own story because i always think it's, like it must be so bizarre but also really enlightening because you're viewing it from a third person even though that was your experience yeah it is it is funny it's it's like, it's, it's a strange feeling yeah but at the same time at the same time it's incredible and the moment it's incredible is when you get a standing ovation yeah. in a film festival screening. That is when the goosebumps starts to hit. And it's like, wow. Like, yeah. I don't really think anybody would be really interested in my story. But they are. And <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm hundred percent sure, Brooke, you will you will get there. You will have that opportunity. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it would be a funny film, that's for sure. My life is full of weird and wonderful moments. I tell you that for free. Yeah, me too. Yeah, let, let, we should document it. I love it. I, I honestly, was at one point, was like, I'm going to be the next Stacey Dooley, and then I realised that I will never be the next Stacey Dooley. But like, <laughs> a girl can dream. <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, the only person that restricts us is ourselves, and yeah. I, I, I'm a strong believer in that. And if you want, if you have a dream in your head that I'm, I'm a strong believer, it can it can become reality. You know, yeah. Why not dream? I'm a really big believer in like you were given your dreams for a reason. Like you were meant to chase them, yeah. and there's a reason that you have that particular, whether it be like goal or dream or thing that you really want to achieve. There's a reason that you have that, and whatever that reason may be, you have to go out and do it because you wouldn't. It's going to sound very like woo woo, but you wouldn't have been given that vision, dream, or hope if yeah, you weren't no, able totally. to do I'm it yeah i'm with you you know every moment is meant to be yeah. every 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 moment that we take in life is meant to be this is our path and i'm a strong believer that i was born to be i was born disabled for a reason and yeah. and hopefully I'm, I'm i'm carrying that reason forward and it just when you embrace it and think of it like that it starts the magic starts to bubble and it feels incredible, you know, and I just wish and pray that other people could feel like that and have the confidence because once you do, then anything is achievable. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, for you with your disability, was acceptance something that came easily or was it very much like a path that you had to like transverse yourself? Yeah, I'd say, you know, when I was little, the acceptance, when I was a younger child, the acceptance was harder mm -hmm. than, um, it, it, than it became throughout my life. And I evolved mm -hmm. and I became the person I am. And it just got a lot easier. And I thought, hey, you know, it, the, the bottom line is, is, Brooke, is that, you know, 
we can complain all we want about who we are and this and that and disability and access and blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, we're here. Yeah. We're disabled. We are alive. Uh-huh. We get we get to wake up every day and it's an incredible gift. I don't take life seriously. I take the piss out of myself all the time. Yeah. And on that basis and on that foundation, I've got a happy life. And yeah. and, and I, I just see it as a if you can't accept yourself and who you are with having a disability, then what a waste. Mm-hmm. Because because to me, it doesn't really matter what they think or what he thinks or what she thinks or what he thinks. It's about me yeah. and accepting myself and who I am, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's almost like being in a movie and everyone else being the extras. But sometimes one of the extras steps out of line and they want a bit more in front of camera and they upset you or they're ableist or, and you just have to say, Hey, you know, this is who I am. This is my film. (laughs) This is my film. And I'm the director of this film. Yeah. And it feels incredible. Yeah. So I like to ask everyone, do they have a piece of advice for either and, and I really need to think about how I reword this because it's just never worded (laughs) that well. But a piece of advice for a younger version of themselves, so like a younger you, and for a piece of advice with a younger person with the same disability as you? That's a good question. So the piece of advice I would give myself as a younger me would be to live in the moment and not project into the future because that's the worst thing anyone can do. And it, do you know what? I'm 40 now, and if I did that, then I'm sure I'd have one less grey hair. <laughs> because, because I mean, really, I, I've been looked after. Yeah. And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about monetary or physical things. I'm looked after by. I'm going to sound woo woo like like you the word you use, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm looked after by the higher grace. Yeah. And you've got to believe that. And for anyone else, I'd say, with my disability, who was in that position now as a younger person, just embrace who you are and shine, shine who you are. Because once you start to do that, then the world starts to dance and shine with you. And I'm not saying that from a weird spiritual kind of place. It's just fact. It's actually you know. science. Yeah. yeah. Just just be. Just be who you are and be happy. And and the rest, I believe anyway, will flow. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that that's so important that you, you kind of like, you have to let yourself shine because if you're not, it's a disservice to other people because yeah. you don't know who you're helping regardless of disability or not and i don't want that to seem like you know 
disability is this thing where you know like you don't know who you're helping just by being yourself and and that is true but I'm also not saying at the same time like wow look at all the crazy great things disabled can people do when actually like I'm at Asda and I'm buying my food like that's not that yeah. incredible <laughs> like it's not that interesting yeah. I'm picking up my sushi I'm a hungry gal like I yeah. want my food <laughs> it's not but, like, inspiring no it's like it's not like eating my food is not inspiring like i love to yeah. eat that's like it so does everyone like so i just happen I. to be disabled like woo. yeah 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 i'm just a person eating with a disability like yeah not really inspiring. <laughs> exactly and i think there's so much to be said for just shining exactly how you are and like yeah being okay and with it's, that is it's a, yeah being okay with it and it's a discipline it really yeah. is and it's something you have to work on but i'd say the more you work on it, it's like a muscle then the the easier it becomes and that's how i've got through my life as a person with a disability and yeah. just to celebrate celebrate me yeah exactly and it sounds it does sound quite like if and especially if you're not necessarily in like the self-development sphere like you know like being yourself and working on yourself can sound quite trivial but I think once you start to maybe delve into like appreciating yourself and appreciating the things that you can do and, and, you know, you start with gratitude and you think about all the wonderful things that could happen. Yeah. It's almost like you well, unlock a door to like a different realm and you're like, Oh my God, I never knew this was here. <laughs> like, Hello. <laughs> and it, but I'll, I'll give you a good analogy. We'll, people will go out to their garden and mm-hmm. spend hours and hours and hours making it look beautiful yeah but in the same token that person will not give themselves the same time and attention that they really should yeah and 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 to me it's about stopping breathing realizing who you are and having that beautiful acceptance because acceptance is a huge thing yeah and this is by no means any way to say that acceptance comes easy because for a lot of people it doesn't at all and like that's i don't want people to listen to this and be like oh it must be so easy for them they've fully accepted themselves and it's not like that at all no you know I, I, i have gone through my um dark periods mm. and um you know i i do have various you know blips as you call it thinking you know oh god what happened so yeah don't get me wrong i i do go through the darkness it isn't always kind of like happy happy positive (laughs) sentence but what i'm saying is that it's far easier for me and far lighter and far less dark to accept who i am yeah and usually if you try, at least try and accept who you are, then the world around you becomes much easier. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why that, you know, I've mentioned the able ableism word and I see people post about ableism and the troubles they go through and people say this to them and people say that to them. I'm going to be quite honest with you, Brooke. I don't have much of that. And I honestly believe it's from the mindset and uh, where you're coming from. I do, because Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim. I am Asta Philpott and Mm -hmm. I have a disability and I love it. 
you know, I love my hands and I love the way they are. And if you if you come out onto the live stage and shine, then I'm 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 pretty sure the darkness can be less. Yeah. I think that's really wonderful. And it's I'm really glad that you said, you know, like everybody, you have your blips because I think everybody does. I don't think anybody gets through this life unscathed. Like it's not no. not realistic at all to believe that you won't be. But no. I like to think that through hardship, if you can notice like a positive trait within yourself, that it's kind of maybe been worth it. And I'm very aware that saying worth it is like, it's a bit, it can be a bit loaded, right? But have you found that through dark times, you found a particular positive trait within yourself that actually you're really proud of? Yeah. I mean, the dark times have certainly made me a more stronger person, mm-hmm. a positive person and more, uh, I'd say, educated. In, okay. in Educated in helping me to realise what other people might be going through because mm. we can all we can all go out and do what we do and have a great day or whatever but there's always that person whether you meet them that day or they're just a standard bystander or but there's always that person going through something yeah so i honestly believe that having gone through what i've been through all the surgeries, all my life experiences that I'd hope I can recognize someone in need. Mm-hmm. And I think when I hear of someone that have committed suicide, I just, I'm devastated because I think I automatically think to myself, I wish, I just wish I could have had five minutes talking to that person. Yeah. And just hopefully shining a little bit of light, you know. And I just think it's, I think it's life experiences and life experiences are education. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we go to school when we're younger, but we're in education all our lives, really, because we're always learning about whether it be ourselves or someone else or someone else's feelings or other people's feelings. And it's all learning. And as long as you're open to learning, then I think we can help each other more. Mm-hmm. And you just you just mentioned that you had surgeries when you were younger. Do you mind like elaborating on on what they were and and what they were for? Yeah, no, not at all. I had um, oh god, it started when I was like near to when I was born. I had hip yeah. corrections. I had um, my arms were bent inwards, so I couldn't drive. So my wheelchair, so we got that fixed. And my parents had a decision when I was younger because arthrogryposis, a lot of people with arthrogryposis can walk. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I was in kind of a bit of a worse state. So my mom and dad had the decision, well, we can either make him walk or help him walk or we can help him sit comfortably. Uh-huh. And that's the, that's the avenue they went through. And then... I guess my most recent surgery was um, I had I had to have all my toes amputated because they were all dislocated mm-hmm. because of my disability. And I'd say that was the most horrific surgery I've ever been through. Uh-huh. Um, but again, you know, it's made me strong 
and it's made me the person who I am. And it's almost, uh, it's almost, it's also made me like resistant against people who are like, so like, I don't know, I call them drainers. <laughs> it's like people that are just coming offload on you and like, yeah. do I really need to hear this? Because I've been through my own shit, you know, but at the same time, you want to help that person. Yeah. But there's a fine line, isn't there? You know, we, 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 we've like you, I'm sure you've, you've been through everything. You know, we, we've had our shit to deal with, mm-hmm. but you almost get labeled as a person with a disability that, I don't know, like, oh, they've been through, like people automatically presume that you've been through everything and you're upset and you're on tons of medication and you're low all the time. And it's like, oh, this presumption is just like, yuck. It's it so funny. It makes me have a shower. Like, it, Honestly, it's, it's so funny that you say that because I was talking to someone the other day about this really bizarre portrayal that we have in particularly like sitcoms and TV shows that the disabled person is either quite angry or quite meek and mild and shy. And I was sat there talking. I was like, I actually don't know a single disabled person who is meek, mild or shy. Like everybody I know. And like, this was particularly, I was talking particularly about uh, limb difference. Um, I was like, I don't know someone who hasn't got really chaotic energy. And there's something about like assembling yourself and like being able to like pull yourself apart that just kind of makes you a little bit chaotic. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I no, don't totally. know where this assumption that disabled people are either like angry, upset, meek, mild, shy, quiet has come from because I don't actually know a single disabled person who fits that bill. Now, I'm, that's not to say that there aren't people out there who are like that, but I... I really struggle to find it and I would love to know where these assumptions come from because it's just not the reality at all. I'll tell you where it's come from. It's come from the media. Yeah. That's exactly where it's come from because, every, you know, anytime it's getting a little bit better, you know, people say to me, do you think um, representation of disability has improved? And they're like, they're expecting me to say, oh, yeah, massively. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> But no, it's like, well, really, maybe a little bit, but if you're counting the Paralympics as like evolving onto the next level of disability <laughs> representation, then just fuck off because it's not like casting yeah. directors, like just, just get real and like start reflecting real people. Yeah. And it's almost like when you see something with a disability some related, it's either like, something to do with disability mm-hmm. or it's got like a low undertone of yellow by Coldplay underneath and like <laughs> oh that poor man you know it's like really have you actually done your research and actually spoken to a person with a disability that yeah. oh my god can be happy <laughs> yeah I think the way that you just said that the way that you're like it has undertones of yellow by Coldplay is so <laughs> perfect because that's exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just unbelievable isn't it like you can just picture I'm not the... gonna say that in everyday life this has <laughs> undertones of yellow by Coldplay I'm not I'm not interested <laughs> yeah quote me Brooke I love it you know it's just you can see them sat in the edit suite can't you like oh yeah. you know this poor guy what should we use 
yellow, yellow, yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> Every day. Not, you know, higher power or, you know, something positive. Just yeah. yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny because, like, when I talk, like, when I talk about myself sometimes, I'm like, I'm a really yellow person. Like, I'm, like, gold and yellow and really happy. And then... And then you remember that that song so you'll still never exists. See, you're like, you'll never see yellow in the same light again. Though. No, exactly. And that makes me a bit sad because I really like the colour yellow. Like, it's such a happy colour. <laughs> uh, so for you, you I like to ask, I like to ask everyone this, these, these questions because I think everybody's answer is always so interesting and so different. But do you have like a particular set of of questions like that you find either particularly intrusive or random or weird or like you almost have to laugh it off because you've been asked these questions so many times so I'll tell you mine recently I was out for dinner and I had my waiter ask me if I wanted my food cut up for me because I don't think in his head he could he could figure out that I could cut up my own food so do you have anything like that that you think oh for goodness sake like not again (laughs) There's two ways I, I thought that like, when you told me that I was like, oh, the first ex- reaction was shock. And then I was like, oh, but maybe it was being really conscious. It's so difficult, you... right? Because there yeah. is a line. There is a line of like you, someone wanted to help, but also someone wasn't able to like put two and two together and realize that <laughs> I probably survived like for the last however many years of my life without yeah. them. Yeah. So I can manage it. Or do you think it's the fear that the waiter might get sued if he didn't ask you? Ooh, but I feel like we're not America, so like if that was America, I'd accept that answer. But we're in the UK; it's a bit yeah. different. <laughs> um, it's an interesting question that um, ask me again. So, do you have a particular set of of weird or intrusive questions that yeah. actually you kind of have to laugh off and just think? It's not for me to answer these questions for you. I guess the first one would be, um, what happened? Yeah, classic. Uh, <laughs> class. Obs. Um, were you born like that? Does it hurt? Yeah. Um, and this isn't, like, I don't mind, like, a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old coming up to me and saying, were you born like that? Mm-hmm. And this is adults. And there like, is such a big difference between a child asking you these questions though and an adult asking you right? these questions. Such a big difference. And I think, you know, I, I just think any any question that, you know, because it's like going up to someone and saying, someone that's able-bodied and saying, ooh, that mole's really big on your chin. It's Does true. It hurt? Yeah. And I'm like, would you really do that? Would, yeah. you, would you really do that? No, you wouldn't. So... Yeah, I just think any question to do with, I mean, because it's not, it's not someone's, I don't think it's someone's place unless they're a doctor or a nurse and I'm in a hospital and they need to know. I don't think they need to know. I I just think, I think it's incredibly nosy. Yeah. You know, there's a part of me when I get asked these questions, I'm like, there's a part of me that wants to swear at them. Yeah. And then then the other part of me is like, oh. And then another question I got actually yesterday when I was out. She says to me, oh, I've seen you on guest pack lunch. I was like, oh, great. And she was like, oh, is it is it work or is it just something to do? I'm like, oh, my God. 
Like, you did not just say that. Like, it, it just slaps of kind of ableism. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 I like, have I, no I, words. And I'm never, I'm very rarely caught, caught short for words. Very, very rarely. <laughs> right. Right. This is in the middle of Wilkinson's. <laughs> I always think, particularly with, like, particularly with strangers, not necessarily people you know, because there's a big, big difference with people you know. Like, yeah. I kind of accept most things that people I know, like, I'll accept their questions because I know them and I know that it's coming from a good and loving place. Exactly. But with strangers, sometimes I feel like because disability can be seen as a bit of a medical anomaly, that they think they're allowed access to, to these answers because they think they're being curious when actually it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Or I think sometimes that it's almost maybe a way of them breaking the ice because they've never spoken to a person yeah. with a disability before. And really, you know, instead of them saying, did it hurt or um, were you born like that? I'd much rather them say, hi, isn't the weather nice today? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that give you like a lot better feeling after you've had that conversation with that person? Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah no, because I completely agree with you. And I do think it's very, the more I ask this particular question, the more it, it like reinforces is not necessarily the right word that I want to use, but it does play into that idea for me that the general public are so inquisitive, but they have no idea how to approach the topics that they want to ask. And they've got no idea how to navigate questions and feelings that they have about disability because, mm. because disability has never been shown necessarily in the most positive of light. And because it's been that way, it's very difficult for someone to then ask a question that they want to maybe know the answer to. Obviously, it's completely up to the disabled person whether or not they want to answer that yeah. question. But there must be questions out there. The problem is, is that, you know, it's fine to be inquisitive. Yeah. If it actually moved the conversation on yeah. and people actually evolved into finally accepting that people with disabilities live on this planet and not Mars and we're not born from some other planet. And I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind inquisitiveness if 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 it grew and it, if it moved the conversation on and if if it wasn't a taboo anymore. Yeah. But it just it just isn't. People ask me these things and that's it. It's like, oh like Really? But it's left them feeling good because they've broke the ice with a person with a disability. But yeah. how's it left the person with a disability? Yeah, exactly. And that's more, the other side people don't more think disabled. about. Yeah. yeah. That is the other side that people don't think about is that whilst that interaction may have made you feel somewhat better because you feel like you've done a good thing in talking to a poor, lowly disabled person, how has that conversation actually made that person feel? Have you made them feel more dehumanized than society already makes them feel? Or have you uplifted them in some way that actually makes them feel, you know, great? And the likeliness exactly. is you've probably not made them feel great because you've probably asked a really fucking bizarre question. <laughs> yeah. And it's not it, it after you've after you've been asked that question, it's not necessarily in the moment that you'd have yeah. a negative reaction towards it. It's when you 
got to where you're going and you thought, wow, have I really just been asked that again? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's, it's almost like a delayed reaction, isn't it? And it, it almost kind of plunges you into this um, self-questioning, self-confidence thing again because yeah. you think you think you automatically presume that because that one individual has asked you that question, then the whole population of this planet thinks the same thing. Yeah. And I think as well, like when I personally forget that disability is not the norm, like when I'm going about my day to day, like I completely forget that not being disabled is like, I completely forget that, you know, people aren't disabled. So when someone asks me a question about disability, I'm always like, oh, like you don't know the answer to this question because you're not disabled. Like I almost need to like compute that before I'm like, wait, what? Like you're not disabled. Oh, like, oh like okay like you're not part of the gang sorry i can't help you <laughs> yeah but the you know the interesting thing is is that a lot of people are disabled yeah whether whether it's a social disability or this or that and and i think it turns right back around to acceptance again mm-hmm. so a lot of people that you know are like this and nine times out of ten the people the person that asks you the question that awkward horrible question uh, they're 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 going through something, yeah. and they're actually disabled in some way themselves. Yeah, because you've got to be to ask a question like that. <laughs> yeah. I only have one final question for you, Aster. And oh no, one final one. I mean, I I love this conversation. I want it to carry on forever. Me too. My final question for you is, Aster. Can you say that you're disabled and proud? Absolutely. I am disabled and I am 100% proud of it. Oh, I love love that response for so many reasons. And it's because everybody that I've asked always says the same thing. Right. Nobody says that they're not proud of their disability or they don't have pride in being disabled. And I think for me, that's a massive takeaway. Like, yeah. Like everybody really is, is so like happy and proud of being disabled that society needs to listen and and realize you're an awesome, that you're an awesome human being as well. I follow you on Instagram and oh, thank I see you. Lifting, I, I see you lifting the weights. And I had um, I had my, one of my really good friends, Amy. She's a she's a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and um, she's just. I look at you and I think, holy shit. You know that the, the way you put the strap around and lift the the bars, yeah. and I'm like, wow, you know. And it's not, you know, people. I like to use the inspiration word carefully, yeah, because it's not something just to be thrown around like we we said earlier. You know, mm-hmm. or that person's disability is inspiring. Well, no, not really. You know, he could have a disability, but he might not be inspiring. But when I look at you. You're just getting on with it, and that's that's exactly how it should be. And you you are inspiring to me, and we all need people in our lives that inspire us. And yeah. it's important, you know, but to use it carefully. Yeah. And also, like, this is also to say that sometimes you can be disabled and you can also be a dick. Like that, yeah. that exists as well. <laughs> well yeah. I mean, watch... Watch my movie, Come As You Are, the lead guy who plays, apparently me, is a real dick in it. So, yeah, yeah, that's a prime example. Yeah, 
Thank you so much for those lovely kind words. Like they've made Pleasure. me feel very warm and fuzzy. I, oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad that we managed to make this work because I've really me loved too. this conversation, particularly from the whole conversation we've had around acceptance, because I think it's such a beautiful conversation to have, particularly Always. between two disabled people, because quite often it's not between two disabled people. It's between someone yeah. who is not disabled and someone who is disabled. So it's it's shining this light on like, oh my goodness, this is what acceptance looks like. But actually, I've really loved having this conversation with you because it just goes to show that it's not for inspiration's sake, like you, like yeah. you said. Well, and I really love that. It's just creating a bit of magic between two people who who weren't put on this planet like we are by choice and yeah. yeah like you say it's beautiful and it's it's sharing you know and i love sharing yeah thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on i have genuinely loved this a pleasure so a pleasure much. me too oh thank you and have a lovely rest of your day you too brooke bye Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.